Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. And on this episode, we are going to be trying something new, uh, something that we plan to do more of in the future, which is a retrospective of a specific year from the past. And we are starting with the year 2000. Yes, like the road to El Dorado, Titan AE, Rugrats in Paris, and ones we talked about before, such as Chicken Run and The Emperor's New Groove. We have talked about uh, a few of these movies before, and so specifically we're going to be focusing on ones that we haven't talked about from the year 2000. So we hope that this is a little journey to the past that you enjoy. But before we get started on that, let's answer last week's trivia question, which was, what series of children's books is The Princess and the Frog based on? It is based on a series of novels published in uh, 2002 by E.D. Baker. The novel was called The Frog Princess, and it got uh, some sequels, 2005, 2006, and a couple in 2008, as well as a prequel which is as well based on the classic fairy tale we all know, The Frog Prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the novel itself was a spin on that trope, right? The, the Frog Prince. Yes, which is a very well-known classic fairy tale. Okay, so stick around to the end of the episode to get a new trivia question, which will be also in a new format. And now, let's do a word of the day. It's time for word of the day, new words you can say, new words for your rhymes and for your wordplay. By the time you leave this video, you'll be smarter than you was before. It's time for word of the day. So Ezra, what is today's word of the day? The word of the day is post-apocalyptic. Okay, and what does that mean? Something some people envision which would happen in the faraway future, like in many science fiction movies and shows, of what the universe and the world would be like after an apocalypse or dystopia time. So like if there's some kind of major disaster, basically how does the world rebuild itself or does it rebuild itself? What does the world look like? The reason we're doing that word today is because Titan AE is actually a post-apocalyptic film. But there are, there are some examples that we've actually talked about on this podcast before. Wally is an example. Like, for instance, the second Lego movie was, and so was the second SpongeBob movie. Yeah, so it's a very it's a very common trope that you'll see in a lot of movies. So I'm looking forward to talking about one with you. The year 2000, I remember that year, I was only four years old. <laughs> And I was 10 years old at that time. Uh, quite a few movies came out, of course, that year. One I saw, a couple I saw that year that were made for younger audiences were the Tigger movie and Thomas and the Magic Railroad. Yeah, which we are movies that we talked about before. Yes, and also live action ones from that year, like 102 Dalmatians, as well as the original live action film of The Grinch with Jim Carrey. Well, let's start with uh, Road to El Dorado. The Road to El Dorado was DreamWorks' third animated feature. Like its previous feature they made, The Prince of Egypt, it was a musical, but it was a bit more comedic and funny. 
It was a buddy comedy, unlike The Prince of Egypt, its previous feature. Prince of Egypt was a pretty serious film, all things considered. The Road to El Dorado is more kind of in the vein of Disney Disney animated films. It actually kind of reminds me a lot of Emperor's New Groove because it's also set in South America. It features kind of this buddy comedy duo. I know the two main characters who are named Tulio and Miguel. Yeah, so let let's just briefly go before we talk about the legacy of this film. Let's let's just give a brief summary of what happened in the movie. It's about two settlers who discover of a civilization somewhere in South America, like set during the time of the Aztecs and the Mayans. Tulio and Miguel get stranded on, a, on an island somewhere and in the jungle, and they discover a, a world. Basically, they discover El Dorado, which is uh, that supposedly has a ton of treasure and gold, specifically. And there's the the peoples who live in that sit in that city who who were the Jaguar tribe. When they first find Miguel and Tulio, they think they're gods at first. Yeah, I know. In the movie, there was that there was the chief's daughter who was the female lead of that movie. Right. And who develops a, a love interest with, uh, I believe, Tulio, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just a fun romp through a different culture for these two characters. As you said, it's a very silly film. Lots of songs and that sort of thing. It is a musical, but it was also a comedy as well. Exactly. So when it was released, what was the reception like when it was first released? The reaction was mainly mixed. Yeah, it um, wasn't received very well. Like right now it has about a 50% of Rotten Tomatoes. And it was a box office bomb. Yeah, it did flop financially because DreamWorks earlier movies weren't as successful as the ones later, such as Shrek or Kung Fu Panda and things like that. But what's interesting is that in recent years the road to el dorado has kind of won a lot of i guess internet popularity it's i guess it's you could call it a cult classic yeah i guess so yeah but i'm not sure if that's the right way to put it because in a lot of ways it's been turned a lot of images and gifts from that movie have been turned into memes that people do like when tulio and miguel say both both is good <laughs> yeah exactly that's been been turned into a meme and i know that a lot of my friends um around my age they remember that movie really fondly because you know they were kids like like we were when they first saw it i didn't see it when it first came out because i was only four years old and i didn't really follow it then the <laughs> very fair point for my generation, it was it was something that was very popular among us, and that popularity has stuck with us through the years. And now that we're adults um, who <laughs> participate on the internet, we uh, a, a lot of us have have turned to it for memes and have talked about it as being like a big influence on their tastes. I agree. I mean, can you think of any other movies that a goofy movie? A Goofy movie? That's a good example. Or B-movie? <laughs> that is a great example, yeah. I think it's interesting just to think about how 
these movies can take a life of their own long after they came out in theaters. Like, it's not just that they flopped in theaters, you know, that doesn't really tell the whole story. They Their impact goes much further beyond just how much money they made. I forgot to mention that one of the minor villains in The Road to El Dorado was Cortez, who was one of the many characters voiced by recurring actor Jim Cummings. But the bad guy, the villain in that movie, was Sekel Khan. He was pretty evil, I remember, and kind of scary, and kind of scary, too. All right. Well, speaking of scary, let's talk about a film that did bomb at the box office and has not quite gotten the same kind of legacy as The Road to El Dorado. Yes, it was called Titan A.E. I don't know so much about this movie, but from what I hear, it, it did flop financially. And Blue Sky Studios, which did franchises like Ice Age and Rio and movies like Peanuts Movie, Horton Years a Who and Robots, did do some of the visual work on that movie. Yeah, um... It was produced by 20th Century Fox, or Fox Animation, rather. Yes, which and, lasted for, like, only six years. Right. This was the nail in the coffin, so to speak. It <laughs> effectively, this movie did so poorly, the studio went bankrupt and had to go under. I, I can tell you, it is not, it is not a good film. The plot is all over the place. It's complicated and confusing mm. and really not compelling. It was made by Fox Animation, which produced Anastasia, which came out a few years earlier. Yeah, which we talked about last time. I know, and it came out also during the same time as Chicken Run from DreamWorks, which was actually produced by Wallace and Gromit studio Ardman, and which was a critical and commercial success. Yeah, so, you know, for the talent that did work on this movie, obviously they they had careers afterwards that and a lot of success afterwards. It's just, you know, sometimes yeah. you take a swing and 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 you miss. And Titan AE was definitely a miss. I know like Fox Animation shut down and which was the successor to that was Blue Sky Studios, which produced their first movie, Ice Age, which was originally planned to be a hand-drawn movie at Fox Animation when the idea was pitched in 1997. Yeah, so it's interesting to to see how, like, okay, well, this movie failed, but it did leave, lead to other studios being founded to talent pursuing other directions and creating films that, that you love. Yes, yes. Like, Fox did more successful animated movies, especially from their Blue Sky Studios, which is like Pixar, known for creating movies like Ice Age and Rio. Exactly. And now, for a movie that kind of falls in the middle between these two, Rugrats in Paris. Which is the second Rugrats film, and it came out a couple years after the Rugrats movie. It was about the Rugrats, Tommy... Pickles and Chucky and Angelica, Bill and Lil, and their friends and family go to Paris. And I remember, and they meet a cruel and evil and terrifying woman who despises children named Coco Laboche. <laughs> yeah. She was 
a pa- like a parody of Cruella de Vil from 101 Dalmatians, which this film coincidentally came out during the same time as 102 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. This movie, I know Tommy, Chucky, and their friends go to, to Paris and work together to stop the evil Coco's plot. Yeah, uh, if you are familiar with Rugrats, uh, this movie doesn't reinvent the wheel. It's the kind of same same kind of quirky humor of having babies who are capable of talking to each other and doing silly things. Lots of <laughs> potty humor. It's it's a very silly film. I agree. It is really funny. <laughs> Lots of chaos. Um, I know that some parents don't like Rugrats for that reason. I remember when I was a kid hearing that some of my friends weren't allowed to watch Rugrats because it was I mean I didn't quite understand it back then but apparently it was just too chaotic the humor was too low brow I get it like it was it had babies but it wasn't a preschool education show yeah exactly so and I did hear it's getting a a computer animated tv show reboot this year sometime on Nickelodeon yeah a few years later there was another one called Rugrats Go Wild which was a crossover with another show the Wild Thornberries. Yeah, and of these films that we're talking about today, it was the most successful one at the box office, at least. But I, I think that, in a way, it, it kind of gets lost in the crowd because, like, it was good. It didn't stand out necessarily in the way that Time A.E. stood out as a bad film or Road to El Dorado stood out as a film that could later be turned into memes. Well. The reaction for Rugrats in Paris was mostly favorable. But it wasn't too extreme on one end or the other. I know. I remember seeing it when it came out. I thought it was fun and it was funny and clever, but I thought it did have some kind of scary moments. It's also worth noting that Rugrats is consistently one of the only few animated shows or movies that features Jewish characters. I know, yes, as we talked about before. Yeah, yeah. And there were a couple specials. Yeah, for for Hanukkah. And Passover, as we mentioned before. Just like how there have been, of course, like many shows and movies have ones for like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Easter, which are better known holidays. It had, this is one of the few that had references to those holidays. So I, I think it deserves a shout out for that. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. In the meantime, we got a new kind of trivia question to give to you. For this new format, we are going to be playing a clip from a movie, and we're going to ask you, our listeners, to see if you can name that movie. We're going to play a clip from another film we didn't mention that came out in 2000 that was partly animated and part live action. So that's a very good hit. So without further ado, let's play the clip. And the moment the machine had been destroyed, the three vegetables from the FBI immediately resumed their human form. Thanks, Agent Sympathy.
blast from fearless leader's evil grasp, even the Pennsylvanian spies rejoice. <laughs> well, you won't be needing this anymore. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I should email that nice Frank and thank him for his help. So if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! See you later.